Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. We've been trusting God for great things to happen in this nation. And now the time has come for him to really reveal himself, not just in our own personal lives, but in the nation as, as, as a whole. And I really sense for a lot of people that were crying out to God and saying, but God, I've been trusting you for this specific thing to come out. And the year is almost coming to an end. And yet I haven't seen what I was trusting you, you for. I sense the Lord saying, do not give up hope. There is always hope in God. He is going to raise you up and he's going to release that. Yeah. So please, guys, I just want to encourage, especially those who feel like this year has really been rough on you and you feel like it's coming to an end and I haven't even seen what God was doing. Don't give up hope. There's always hope in God. We don't know what exactly he's doing, but he is definitely doing something that you can be assured of. Amen. Are we encouraged this morning? All right, so this morning we're going to continue with our nation building series. Pastor Sergei started off very strong last week, and he was talking about the role of the church in nation building. And we know that as a nation, we are voting this year, isn't it? And I can't remember the last time when politics was this interesting. Huh? There's just every time you look in the newspaper, every time a clip comes your way about politics, it's just like, oh, wow, this is hectic. Oh, wow, this, oh, my goodness. You know, it's, it's really, it's a hot pot at the moment. And even as we're looking at elections, and we're going to talk about your vote counts today, even as we're looking at elections, I really want us to walk away with knowing that God has a plan in elections. There are times when, as Christians, we think, ah, people are voting, but it's not really important. I'm going to read my Bible, and I'm just going to, you know, serve God. This voting, this stuff that is happening is just a whole lot of noise. But this stuff is important to God, as we will find out now. And we know that God's heart is to bless nations, is that every nation on earth will be blessed, that Namibia will be blessed, that she will flourish, she will reach her full potential, that the uh, people will be blessed. They will not be living in poverty and oppression, but they will be living in freedom and breakthrough. Okay? And God wants us to step into that, to know it first of all and take hold of it and not settle for anything less than what he's releasing over this country. So he wants to do these things, but we need to partner with him and say, God, I will allow you to come. As a child of you, I will allow you to come and bring blessing over this nation. Amen. Amen. So today, as I said, we're going to look at your vote counts. And I just want to ask this question. Are you ready to vote? Who's ready to vote? Let me see. Oh, my goodness. Very few people. Do you know who you're going to vote for? Hey, very confident people. Yeah? If you're still trying to make up your mind, by the end of this message, you will know why to vote and who to vote for. Amen. 
<laughs> Look, everybody's like, mm, where, is the, where is this pastor going with this message? Is she going to tell us what political party to vote for? <laughs> but yeah, you'll find out now. So Father, let's just pray. We want to thank you so much for your blessing over this nation. We want to thank you, Father God, that you've brought us here to be together for such a time as this, oh, Father God. And Lord, I thank you that as your message goes out today, not a single person will feel left out from what you're doing in this nation, Father God. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you just touch every heart, that you release your word this morning, that you will come and, and really raise, up, raise us up to do the work that you've called us to do in this nation and in the nations of the world. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you for that. Amen. All right. Um, you know, when it comes to voting, sometimes people think, oh, this is a controversial thing, you know, because throughout history, we have seen how there have been different forms of government. Yeah? There have been kingdoms, um, monarchies, there have been chiefdoms, where the chief is king, um, or the, the rule of all. There have been, um, what can I say, there have been one-party one states, there have been uh, dictatorships, there have been all sorts of forms of government that, and, and still are today where different forms govern nations. And sometimes people wonder, but what is the best form? You know, is, does democracy really work? Maybe we should go back to, to the way things used to be with our tribal chiefs. Maybe, you know, various things. No, maybe all this stuff doesn't work. God must come and rule. Yeah? <laughs> So there are different thoughts and, and, of school and there are different ways of thinking. But we need to understand that really democracy was God's idea. It didn't pop up by itself. It was God's idea. We will see now in the Bible that God has always wanted people to understand that they have uh, um, uh, the, the freedom to choose what it is that they want, to choose the leaders that they will be governed by and the laws that they want to be governed by. So that was always God's heart. And even though we understand that, that God's heart is for democracy, we must understand that the kingdom of God is not a democracy. Okay? The kingdom of God is not a democracy. It's a theocracy where the king has the final say. God has the final say. So here I've written that theocracy the rule of God in the affairs of humans. That in every affair, God reigns. Yeah? He is the, the first and the last. And democracy is the rule of the people where people choose their own rulers and the laws that they will be governed by, especially in a nation. Yeah? But even though we have democracy, we need to understand that God is supreme over everything. And all leadership must submit to the rule and the law of God. Everything has been created for him and by him, Jesus Christ. So he reigns supreme in everything. Okay? But democracy is God's heart. Some people are aware of what Abraham Lincoln said in 1863 after the Battle of Gettysburg, where he said, We here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Yeah? How many of you are f familiar with that, 
um, quote. Some people are, okay? So you've heard it. You know, a government of the people, by the people, for the people. And this was Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of America or the USA that shared that. Yeah? But very few people know that this actually came from John Wycliffe, who wrote it in 1382. Yeah? And this was the prologue of the Bible. When he translated the Bible from Latin into English. That's what he wrote on that Bible. He, said, he wrote this, he said, the government, the, this Bible is for the government of the people, by the people, and for the people. That is what he wrote. Isn't that interesting? And for us to understand why he wrote that, we must understand what is the context in which he was writing this. What was the situation like when he wrote this? What was the time like when he translated the Bible? This was a time of corruption and tyranny. Yeah? This was a time when both political and religious leaders were very corrupt. A time when the normal person didn't even own a Bible. Yeah? You had to understand Latin to be able to understand the Word of God. Kings were ruling like they wanted. They were taking land for themselves. Whatever looked good belonged to them. And the church was just as bad. Yeah? They, were, they were trying their best to, to build these exotic cathedrals at the expense of people. Extorting large amounts of money from people. Saying, if you want to go to heaven, pay this. If you want to free your loved one that is in purgatory, pay this. If you want, so it was crazy. It was, there were a lot of poor people, a lot of oppressed people. Yeah? The economy was not that great. Socially, things were a struggle. People were oppressed. They were really, really suffering during that time. And John Wycliffe, being a Bible scholar, having read the Word of God, having understood the word of God, thought that the only way that people can really get free is by understanding the word. Because if you understand the principles that are in the Bible, and we take principles from there to govern a nation, then things will be different. Yeah? So he believed that if this word could reach the people, if I could just translate it into a language that people would understand, that the common person will own their own Bible in a language that they can read and understand the principles and the reality of God, then there will be a freedom. A freedom that starts from within and it will impact society. And that those that are using the word of God to bring oppression and fear upon people will no longer be able to do that because people will have the truth for themselves. They will know the truth, and the truth will set them free. So that was his heart. And that was the time when he wrote it. Yeah. So when we understand how and why it was written, we understand the weight of what it carries. Yeah. That people needed to be empowered to be able to stand, to be able to have a say 
in governing, to be able to choose, to be able to, to be free because nobody was created to be oppressed. Nobody was created to be dominated. Yeah? When God put Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, you, you have dominion over the earth, over the animals. Go and, ex- and, and, and go forth and multiply. Exercise your dominion over all the earth. But not over each other. Not over people. No one should ever be oppressed by anyone. Christ died so that we may be free. And that freedom starts from inside. And then it trickles out to the outside and has an impact, an effect on the outside. So where do we see democracy in the Bible? We've looked at the seeds of democracy in, 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 in just um, history. But let's, let's have a look at where we really see democracy in the Bible. And this is our scripture that we're going to focus on today, Exodus 18, verse 17 to 27. Everything that I'm preaching this morning will be coming from this passage. So bear with me. Let's read together. Uh, You don't have to read out loud, but I'm just saying that it's quite quite a, a long passage. Yeah? So let's read through it together. Nobody fall asleep. If you see your neighbor falling asleep, just pinch them a bit. Say, wake up. Okay? (laughs) Amen. All right. Says here, so Moses, Moses' father-in-law said to him, The thing that you do is not good. Both you and these people who are with you will surely wear yourselves out. For this thing is too much for you. You are not able to perform it by yourself. Listen now to my voice. I will give you counsel and God will be with you. Stand before God for the people so that you may bring the difficulties to God. And you shall teach them the statutes and the laws and show them the way in which they must walk and the work they must do. And then it continues to say, Moreover, you shall select from all the people able men such as fear God, men of truth, hating covetousness, and place such over them to be rulers of thousands, rulers of hundreds, rulers of fifties, and rulers of tens. And let them judge the people at all times. Then it will be that every great matter they shall bring to you, but every small matter they themselves shall, shall judge. So it will be easier for you, for they will bear the burden with you. Okay? If you do this thing, and God so commands you, then you will be able to endure. And all these people will also go to their place in peace. So Moses heeded the voice of his father-in-law, and did all that he had said. Amen. Just a bit of context here. Remember, in the Bible, God always appointed people that he was calling out to lead. No? It was he who called Noah out. It was he who called Moses. He who, who set apart Esther, who called Abram, who called all these people so that his glory may be shown and they would lead according to his ways. So here, Moses was the national leader of Israel. A man leading a population of close to 2 million. The population of Namibia, plus minus. So he was the one person who understood the laws and commandments of God. So what he would do early in the morning when he wakes up, he would take his 
chair and sit somewhere where everybody will have access. And people will come one by one to ask him questions. Moses, what about this? Moses, my neighbor and I had a fight and he's saying this and this. No, do this. So he would give people wisdom day in and day out. And when his father-in-law came to visit, they were like, Moses, what are you doing? Huh? You are the president. You are the municipality. You are the, the military. You are everything. Hmm? This stuff will wear you out. You can't sit and do all this stuff by yourself. And then by God's wisdom, he was able to give Moses advice. He says, now let me tell you how you should do this. Number one, teach people the laws and the statutes. Okay? Teach them. Empower everybody. Let the people know what we can do, what we can't do, who this God is, how he wants to be served. Let, let, empower everybody yeah? to understand what we stand for and what we don't stand for. And then elect among these people leaders from every single tribe. They will be able to judge over these people, represent God's laws, God's heart to these people. So that you've got multiplied uh, uh, strength. You know, when people understand, they know, and you put rulers over, those people will be able to make the same decisions that you would have made without you being there. Teamwork. So these people will be judges and rule, and the difficult cases... The things that are too difficult that even the judges can't, they, they don't know, they will bring to you, and what you can't, you will continue to bring before the Lord. Decentralization of power. We see this here. And it's interesting, it says that elect, no? like if, you, if you're reading it as it is, you'll say, ah, oh, but that's not really a democracy because Moses chose the people for each tribe. But if you, if you go to Deuteronomy 1 verse 15, which is a great cross-reference for this. It actually explains how it happened, that it was Moses who said to the people, elect among you, from your tribes, among yourselves, who will be the person that will represent you. Isn't that beautiful? So that nobody may be left out. Nobody. When decisions are being made in that nation, everybody's presented. Yeah? The, the tribe of Judah will say, but this is how it will affect us. The, this other tribe, the Benjamites, even though they were the smallest of the nation, they will say, no, but this is how it affects us. Everybody will be heard out. Yeah? So this was God's idea. And he did this. And when he did this, I'm sure he would have found that it was so much easier and a lot more um, effective than him having to do everything. So they had to select among themselves. Everybody needs to be presented. Nobody should be left out. So when we've got meetings in parliament that will affect certain things in the nation, everybody has a say to say, but this is how it's going to affect my people. Yeah? Even the, the Bushmen, the Khoisan, the marginalized people will be able to say, no, but this is how it affects us. Have you guys thought about it? This is God's heart. Okay? And we can see that in this passage, there was decentralization. People had to elect, but there was a criteria. And there were four main things that people had to look at when you're choosing someone. And that Moses also had to double check. The first thing is, it says competence. 
Exodus 18, 21. Choose able men. Not just somebody that you like to rule, will rule. Not the most popular person. Not the most good-looking person. They say Americans normally vote their presidents based on looks. You know, the most good-looking candidate gets to win. <laughs> yeah? Not based on looks. Not based on popularity. Not based on political connections. Not being your family member. Okay? But the first rule is competence. Can they do the job? If you cannot do the job, then sorry, my friend. We can't put you in this position. If you cannot do the job, you cannot be the boss in this company. You cannot be the leader. It doesn't matter what connections you have. And the sad reality is that in Africa, it's not always about competence. It's about whose father knows, whose sister, who knows what, who knows her, who's part of this party that did this. <laughs> Political connections and family. Hmm? So you find people struggling with the family business. Why are you struggling? Oh, my brother, man, is here. But why is he working for you? No, he needs a job. You know. Fire the guy. <laughs> huh? Or... Give him a different position that he can do. You, you don't just let people run things for you because they're family. If they can't do the job, they can't do the job. Yeah. It can help in a different way. Amen. Okay. The fear of God. Hmm? It's not just about gifts and talents. Do they fear God? Because when decisions need to be made on behalf of a country, the fear of the Lord needs to be there. I'm not talking religious. I'm not talking somebody who's known for going to church. I'm talking somebody who's known for fearing God and the word of God and will stand up and talk when they need to talk. They will stand on the word of God, the morals of God. We are not necessarily saying that we want a prophet or a pastor to be the president. Hmm? Sorry, Pastor Chris. <laughs> hmm? That's not what we're saying. <laughs> yeah? But we're saying a God-fearing man or woman that is there to make decisions that they know are going to bring blessing to a nation and not a curse to a nation. The fear of God speaks of Christ-like character. It speaks of humility. It speaks of a heart to serve people. Yeah. They know that when I'm there, I'm here because I'm supposed to be serving people. Most of the time when people get into a position of leadership, there are two main things they want to know. Outside of the job description. What is my package? And what are my benefits? Isn't it? <laughs> Amen? Isn't it? What's my package like and what are my benefits? 
But very few people think that I'm in this position to lead this thing to the next level. Leadership is not about us getting a position so that finally now I can drive the car that I always wanted, have the house that I always wanted, live the life that I always wanted, that I was deprived of. It's not about that. It's about leading people with God's heart. Taking people from point A to point B, where point B is a better place than point A. Not for yourself, but for the people. That's why God is so passionate about justice. He's he's saying, who will fight on behalf of those that cannot fight for themselves? Who will fight for the orphans, for the widows, for the poor? Who will help them be able to get houses to flourish in this nation? Who will break the chains of oppression of them? Do we have leaders that are having sleepless nights because the nation is falling apart? Or do we have leaders that, irregardless of what's happening around, as long as they're sorted, it's fine? When we vote, we have to think about those things. Are we moving forward or will we be pulled backwards? And we are called to have a say in these things. You and I, we're called to have a say in these things. You know, the Bible says that a nation gets the leaders they deserve. (laughs) Woo, God forbid. So we need to rise up and trust God for the right leaders. I know sometimes when people look at elections, they're thinking, ah, it's just those political people again. As long as I've got my house, I've got my car, I've got my job, I'm secure. I don't have to worry, not even about voting. If you look at the nations that are very unstable right now because of politics, nobody thought that they will get there. They went to bed one way, One night, and the next morning, there was change. So we cannot take these things lightly and just decide it has nothing to do with me. Even for the foreigners. Even for the foreigner. You cannot say, no, these things don't concern me. It's about Namibia. The word of God says, pray for the nation where he has brought you to. Because if it prospers, you too will prosper. If there's political instability in Namibia, it will mean political instability for you. Yeah? So nobody's left out. It's not a thing of just taking and playing any money more. Who am I? Oh, this person looks good and, and ticking. No. It's a serious thing. We have to take it seriously before God. Amen. And then the last thing, I mean the third thing is truthful. Truthful. I say what I mean, and I mean what I say. I don't make these wonderful promises to you. And then when I get elected into power, I say, thank you so much. Now it's my time to shine. doesn't work like that. If you made a promise, you keep the promise. Truthful leaders, we need to watch. Watch the character of people. Watch what they see. I mean, what they say. Watch what they do. Watch their private lives. 
Because what's happening in the, in the private life is a reflection of what's going to happen in public. Hmm? If it's people that are having affairs and doing all sorts of things, you can't expect something different when it comes to leadership. Yeah? Truthful. And then this word probably doesn't uh, exist in English, but it just had to be said this way. Unbribable. <laughs> ne? Because bribery is a big thing in Africa. In the world. In the world. But especially in Africa. Especially. Ne? If you do this for me, I will do this for you. If you do this for me, I'll cut a deal for you and you get double. If you come with me instead of that person, you get bribing people. You know, there's, there was someone who said something so interesting the other day. I was like, yo, this is, it, it, it kind of cut to the heart. They said, they said, if Africa's gods can be bribed, then we cannot raise above that standard. And I was like, what do they mean? And they were like, no, but if you look in the, in, in the traditional context, when it comes to the ancestors and getting things from God, when things are not working well, it's like, oh, the ancestors are not happy. Let's take a goat. Let's kill the goat. Maybe they, let's give a sacrifice. Maybe they'll be happy then, you know? So I was like, oh, wow, that's hectic. <laughs> you know? But bribery is a big thing. But it needs to stop. It's really not godly. Especially if it's at the expense of other people. We don't get into these positions so that we will gain. It's about being selfless and taking care of people. Care of people. So if my heart is, I want gain, I want to own as much as possible in this leadership position, yo, it's going to be terrible. Because I will be cutting deals left, right, and center. The love of money, the love of pleasure, the love of all these things. But it's about people, serving people. Proverbs 29 verse 2 says, When the righteous are in authority and become great, the people rejoice. But when the wicked man rules, the people groan and sigh. And I know Pastor Sergei also mentioned this last week. Yeah. We need to trust God to rise above these standards. Character is so important. In business, whatever leadership capacity, character is so important. Nothing must be able to buy me. Nothing must be able to buy anyone at the expense of others. To cut corrupt stuff in me. Deals and all sorts of things. To be able to take away money for self when uh, there's a whole nation of people crying in poverty. That shouldn't be. That's not God's heart for us at all. There is enough to go around for everyone. If we desire to release and make available for everyone. Next slide, please. We know that we're going to be voting on the 27th of November. And so far, we've got 15 political parties that are contesting National Assembly 
and presidency. Okay? And so far, we have 1.358 million people registered. This is good. 4,000 pol polling stations, different areas where people can go and vote. So the reason why I'm bringing this before us is for us to see the reality of where we're at at the moment. And those stats are correct because they're from the ECN. I don't imagine they'll have false things there. <laughs> right, Raquel? <laughs> so we've got 15 political parties. And you can see them on that next slide. There they are. Hmm? Look at them. You have so much to choose from. One to 15. From APP all the way to WRP. I discovered that for the first, Workers' Revolutionary Party. I was like, whoa. I didn't even know that existed. Huh? So when we look at those political parties, it's not my job as a pastor to say, this is the party you should vote for. That's your job, to decide who you're going to vote for, based on what you believe in. Yeah? So it actually, you will have to do some homework to study what the manifestos of those parties say and how close is what they believe to what you believe based on the word of God. How are these leaders? Yeah? I'm not going to stand up here and say, who the Lord has shown me. This is the party. Hmm? It's like a pastor saying to you, the Lord has shown me. This is the man you should marry. Huh? We can't say marry Tom, marry Joe, marry... No, that, that's not our role. What we do is give you principles. We say based on these principles, if you want to marry correctly, marry a man that fears the Lord. Marry a man that honors you and respects you. Marry a man... That is, that, that, is not gonna, that is not abusive, we will give you principles according to God's word. Ne? And then you will choose whether you'll marry Tom or, yeah? And we will caution. We will caution. But you've got freedom of choice. And no one can take that away from you. Not even from the kids. We give them principles. We show them. We lead them. Ne? But in the end, if the child says, I want that toy, and not that one. You can't say, no, you will have this one. <laughs> I'm the father and I'm telling you now. Yeah, even they feel violated. Have you guys seen that? Even little kids feel violated if you take away their, 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 their freedom to choose. Yeah? So you, you, as a parent, you say, these are the boundaries of the, in this house. In, within these boundaries, you've got freedom to do, choose whatever. You know, you can watch TV, but by 8 o'clock, it's done. You can do this. Do you get what I'm saying? Like with, when God put Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, of every tree, you're free to eat. You can be free in this garden, go forth, multiply, do whatever, but don't touch that one. Because when you do, there will be consequences. And there were. Amen. So we need to understand that. And why should we vote? Why? It's your constitutional responsibility 
as a citizen of any nation when it's time to vote. You know, some people are thinking, oh, I didn't even register. I don't have that card. Hmm? We had a prayer meeting here. We were praying for elections one of the nights. And I said, guys, there's no point in praying for elections if you're not going to vote. It starts with you. As a Christian, we are praying for elections. We're trusting God for great things to happen in this nation. You vote. So where's the card? Do you have it? Honor God with the freedom of choice he have be, we have been, that has been bestowed upon us. Yeah? God has given us a freedom of choice. So we, we don't take that lightly. And we trust God for leaders who will fear God and serve the people. Wow. So we know that voting alone is not going to make it happen. But it is an opportunity that as I'm preparing to vote, I'm trusting God. And I'm praying for this nation. And I'm saying, Lord, you direct my steps to be able to vote well. According to your ways and your will and what you have planned for this nation, Lord. I thank you, Father, that you direct me. I thank you that the right people will stand. Stand up and they will be in office. They are going to bring a change to this nation. They are going to bring this nation to rise up to the next level. Yeah? It is a time to partner with God. And say, God, you do something. Because in Africa, it's very easy to get political uh, unrest just like that. We are not happy with this president. Let's start something. Let's grab. Amen. All right? We need to understand that democracy doesn't work without the right foundation, which is basically ethics and morals. That's why Jethro told Moses, teach the people the laws. Let them understand. We love democracy. It's great. We, 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 we vote our leaders, but it's a constitutional de democracy, right? We've got laws that govern a land. So it's not just, oh, democracy, I'm free to do whatever, whenever, man. I voted, so I'm free to do whatever, whenever. No, you're free to do whatever, whenever, within the laws of this nation. So you drive on the right side of the road, you do things according to what the Constitution says, according to the laws. Yeah? And this is important for us as Christians. <laughs> yeah? Because we, we sometimes think, ah, it's, you know, I'm, f I'm a free person. <laughs> Anarchy. I do what I want when I do. No, no. God has put me here, but God wants me to respect the laws of the land. Amen. And I'm going to end with this. That democracy doesn't work without God. It really doesn't. That's why he said, you teach the people, and you as a leader, you stand before God. You stand before God. You seek God on behalf of the people, on behalf of the nation. It doesn't work well without a higher power, without a higher authority to help us be able to live by. And we need to understand that ethics are important, rules are important, the law is important, and no person is above that. No person is above the law. Okay? So as we're getting ready, to vote, and if you're here and you're like, oh, but I haven't registered, it's okay. Next time there's still, there will be opportunity. You'll be able to do it differently, yeah? 
But I remember being a person who wasn't really interested in these kind of things. I was just like, how does that add to raising leaders, planting churches, you know, reforming nations? And the world was like, it's reforming nations. Oh, okay. It does add. It is important. Because, you know, the enemy wants to deceive nations. The enemy wants to keep nations in bondage. The enemy wants to destroy the things that God wants to. And how he primarily will do it is through political leadership. So if we don't pray and we don't seek God, we're going to be sorry, people. So we have to change our minds and the way of thinking when it comes to this stuff. And even if you feel like, oh, that off day, I just wanted to sleep in. (laughs) No, it's off because it's a voting day. Amen. So we need to trust God for. So I just want us to stand. Just want to say this, you know, during this time, there can be a lot of political debates and fights and anger and all that. Yeah? And I know I'm also a culprit here in the office. <laughs> My office friends will tell you, oh, this humor also is always talking. What about this party? Have you seen? But we need to respect each other. We need to respect, I mean, there are those people who say their vote is private. There are those people who are very open about who they want to vote and why. But let's have healthy debates and conversations, but let's respect each other. Let's respect what people have chosen. Yeah? And not try to take that away from them. And as we close this morning, I want to close by us taking some time just to pray over the nation. I mean, next week is Bible school graduation. It's a special service. The week thereafter, we're going to continue and we're going to look at governance as well. Pastor Chris will be doing that message. And we're going to do some declarations over our government. But this morning, I really want us to pray. That even as we said that democracy doesn't work without God. That we pray that God will come and have his way. That where we've been thinking negatively and speaking negatively over our nation, that will turn around. And we'll begin to see this country for what it truly is and what God wants to do. So wherever you are this morning, I really just want you to take the hand of your neighbor. Just want us to enter into a time of prayer for the nation of Namibia. Oh, yes, Lord. Oh, yes, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we bring this nation before you, Father God. We thank you, Lord, that you're God over Namibia, oh, Father God. Lord, we thank you that you've raised her up for such a time as this.
that you're calling us to rise up, oh Father God, into the things that you've called us to be, Father God. Lord, where there's been so much happening, so much exposure of, of corruption and all sorts of things that are taking place in our nation. Lord, we pray that you will come and intervene, oh Father God. Lord, that even as a people that are called by you, we will be set apart, oh Father God. We will be righteous people that are standing up on behalf of, the, of, of those that are, that are being oppressed, oh Father God. Lord, help us see this nation the way you want us to see it, oh Father God. Help us be able to be leaders in this nation the way you've called us to lead, oh Father God. Lord, help us, oh Father God, to be able to take up our rightful places, oh Father God, as, 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 as those that are called out of you, oh Father God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we lift up our voices. Wherever you are, just begin to lift up your voice. Say a prayer. Whatever God places on your heart right now, pray over Namibia as we're going for elections, oh Father God. Lord, we thank you for political stability in this nation, oh Father God, that the enemy will not come and sow seeds of deceit. The enemy will not come and steal over this nation. The enemy will not come and destroy what you've been building in this nation, oh Father God. We uproot the lies of the enemy, oh Father God. We pray, Lord Jesus, that the right people will govern this nation, oh Father God. That there will be competent people, oh Father God, that love you, oh Father God, and stand in truth, oh Father God. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that they will fear you with everything inside of them, oh Father God, that they will be unbribable. There will be truthful leaders, oh Father God, rising up, oh Father God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. May Namibia flourish. May she rise up, oh Father God, to be the bread basket that you've called her to be, oh Father God. Thank you for good leadership. Thank you for godly governance. Thank you, oh Father God, that even as you're stirring up things, you're releasing, you're blessing, you're blessing and your protection, oh Father God. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for that, Father God. And I pray this morning that we will commit to speaking positively over this nation. We will commit to speaking positively. We will commit to be the change that we want to see in our different places of work, in our spheres of influence. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for that. And as I said, nothing works without God. If you are here without God this morning, the Lord is calling you to himself. If you have not given your life to the Lord, I want to invite you this morning to come and give your life to Jesus. If there's anyone this morning, is there anyone? You haven't given your life to Jesus. You're saying, God, I want to be with you. Is there anyone like that? Wherever you are, please just raise your hand. We want to pray with you this morning. Anybody? Going once, going twice. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.